welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Elizabeth Dale and I am also known as the Cornish Bird. For about the past five years I've been writing a blog all about Cornwall. If you haven't had a chance to read my blog then I suggest you think about popping over to have a look. There's more than 200 articles on the blog about all things Cornish, everything from poets to prehistory, beautiful places to visit, the best beaches, all the kind of things that I love to write about and an awful lot of local history too. So I hope there's a little something for everyone on there. So this is a brand new adventure for me, uh, my podcast, and this is the very first episode. I hope you're excited because I'm excited. I have no idea how it's going to go. So we're just going to wing it together, guys. I hope that's okay. So if you're wondering why I decided to branch out and uh, produce a podcast, it's for a couple of reasons, really. I wanted um, a different place to um, share all the research that I do. Um, I wanted to have a way of having a bit more of a conversation with you. And I'm also aware that my blog posts are getting longer and longer, which is a good thing in a lot of ways. I put a lot of time and research into them. But on the flip side, I understand, you know, it does take a bit of effort sometimes to sit down and read it and some of you might have been thinking oh gracious Liz I have not time for this so I thought well if we do it in a different form then you can take me with you when you go on a walk or you can listen to me witter while you're driving your car on the way to work so I hope it's going to work for us both I hope that you enjoy it um, and let's get started So the big decision really was where I was going to talk about first. Where do you start with so many fantastic places in Cornwall to talk about? And I I settled on a place that I wrote about quite recently and I fell a little bit in love with, I suppose. And that is Temple Church on Bodmin Moor. And I visited this place um, for the first time actually this spring. I've seen it on the map a million times, driven past it a million times on the A30 and just never really taken that opportunity to go and see it properly. So um, if you haven't visited Temple, it's a stunning spot. It's a tiny little hamlet of just a few cottages and a few farms and there's a red telephone box and then there is a gorgeous little church. Um, The church is tucked away in a beautiful green valley and when I went there in the spring the uh, churchyard was full of bluebells as well so really really picturesque and how it started is a bit of a strange story in itself. In about the 12th century, the Knights Templar were actually given a plot of land on the edge of Bodmin Moor. And at that time, there was practically nothing there at all. It was just a wild and windswept place. 
And if you don't know who the Knights Templar are, because I certainly didn't, all I knew was that they were this mysterious religious order. Well, they are actually a Catholic military order that was founded in Jerusalem in uh, 1119. And as I say, they're quite a mysterious lot. There's not a lot written about them other than that they were skilled fighters and they also did a lot of charity work. But the Templars, um, soon after they were founded, they actually gained enormous wealth and they were given lots of land and houses and with that came a lot of power as well. So you might ask, what were they doing in the middle of nowhere on Bogmin Moor? Well, there are a few reasons, actually. The land that they were given was not as worthless as it first appeared. There were actually tin deposits there and there was masses of cheap labour in the vicinity uh, to help them take advantage of that. And also, the land that they were given was on a route that was used by pilgrims um, specifically coming from Ireland and Wales and because the um, passage around Land's End was considered so dangerous many pilgrims actually walked overland uh, from Camel to Foy basically to take the ship um, across the water to France and then on to the Holy Land so uh, they had this steady um, passage of people crossing uh, the moor who needed food and shelter and care sometimes and then the final reason and probably the reason that they were given the land for free was that Bobmin Moor was pretty lawless at that time and it was thought that the religious order would actually be a good influence and actually probably take a bit of control of this lawless land. So really, by the mid-12th century, there was um, a reasonable-sized religious community at Temple um, in the middle of nowhere on Bodmin Moor. And then things began to change. Um, in about 1312, the Pope decided to disband the Knights Templar for reasons that I don't actually really know and he turned them into the Knights Hospitalia. I know that I haven't said that right but it's something like that and they were basically doing the same job on the moor that the Knights Templar were. They looked after any pilgrims, they, they fed the poor and they looked after the sick but by this time, their influence had dwindled an awful lot. Um, and by the Middle Ages, Templar Church had really become a bit of an outpost. It had felt fallen out of the, the jurisdiction, really, of the bishop, you know, tucked away in the middle of nowhere. Nobody really took any notice of what they were getting up to. And this church uh, gained a bit of a reputation in Cornwall as uh, a Cornish Gretna Green to be honest and basically if you needed to get married in a hurry for whatever reason uh, you could go to Temple Church and for a, a reasonable donation uh, to, to the pastor there you could get married but it wasn't just um, people uh, having to get married quick it was also other things as well. So 
at that time, if you had taken your own life, you weren't allowed to be buried on consecrated ground. But at Temple Church, you could, again, for a, a little donation. And also, if you'd had a baby out of wedlock, uh, you could go to Temple Church to have it baptised. Now, this went on for quite a while, um, and then the bishop obviously got to hear about it and steps were taken to bring Temple Church back into line, basically. Um, and this really was the beginning of the end for Temple Church because it had such a tiny congregation and at that time, zero passing traffic, really. Um and it was probably those uh, donations that were keeping uh, the roof on. So by about 1777, the church had fallen into complete ruin and uh, travel writers um, describe cows uh, grazing amongst the gravestones um, and it just being in a terrible ruinous state with no roof and no services were held at the church for more than a hundred years. So the next phase in the church's life came uh, during the Victorian era when, as you probably know, there was a, a bit of a craze for restoring ancient churches. Um, some more respectfully than others, I think you'll probably agree. Anyway, uh, enough money was raised to restore Temple Church and work began in 1882. Now there was a bit of a weird episode during the restoration as well. So obviously uh, all that was left of the church by this time was a lot of ruinous walls and several trees had grown up inside the actual body of the church. And when they tried to remove some of these trees, specifically a big old ash tree, when they actually got the roots up, they found that there was a skeleton uh, tangled within the roots of the tree. Now, nobody really knows who the skeleton uh, belongs to, but it's kind of assumed that because it was inside the church itself, that it may have been one of the original Knights Templar. But whatever the case, um, the bones were reburied and the church actually opened um, in 1883 and had its first uh, wedding soon after. Now, when you visit the church today, um, it probably looks completely different than it did during the time of the Knights Templar. Um, the restoration did follow roughly uh, the original plan, but of course we can never really know what it actually looked like inside but what I really enjoyed when I visited were the little nods to uh, its origins in the architecture that's there today so you can see in the stained glass in the tower there's um, a figure of a Knights Templar on horseback and then above the altar as well there's Knights Templar symbols in the stained glass there the only remains of the original building that you can see today are actually some pieces of masonry, carved masonry, um, in an outbuilding just outside the church door. So that, my lovelies, uh, was the story of Temple Church. 
and my very first podcast. So I would really, really love your feedback. In actual fact, I need your feedback. I need you to tell me what's good about this, what's not great, what I should do instead, whether I should do it at all. Please just let me know. Um, I'd love it if you'd leave me a message in the comments. If you want to know some more about Temple Church, by all means, pop over to my blog post on the Cornish Bird. And you can obviously see photographs of the church there as well and loads more information. And other than that, that's all from me. I really hope that you've enjoyed this. It's been um, a fun expedition working out how to do it all. Um, And yes, I'll hopefully speak to you again soon. Thank you so much. Bye bye.